In today's special episode, we talk about one of the most prolific figures in Indigenous history. Her story, as most people know it, is a far cry from what she experienced in her short life. We at We Are Resilient wanted to have an open and frank discussion about the romanticized life narrative that was popularized in the mid-90s compared to the harsh realities of what we know is a tragic story of one of our country's first documented MMIWs. This is a story of Matoica, known to the world as Pocahontas. Hey guys, this is Ash. This is Shiashi. This is Maggie, and you're listening to We Are Resilient. Okay, so we are dropping a surprise episode uh, that we actually meant to record like two weeks ago, but life has just kind of gotten in the way. So last month was Native American Heritage Month, and it was a busy month for us. I think it was the most speaking engagements we've done so far, but it was a lot of fun to go out and meet and talk to people. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Uh, It's always good to get out and share what we know and what we've learned while doing this podcast. Yeah. It's still pretty awesome that we even get asked to do those things, you know? I know. MMIW isn't lighthearted content. So I'm really appreciative that there's organizations out there that are willing to bring us in and learn and ask questions. And all the groups we we spoke in front of, they were all very, very engaged. It was really neat to uh, just kind of have those experiences. And this came up in the last speaking engagement we had. So, you know, we're doing a special episode today and we are going to cover one of the most well-known MMIWs in history. And it's one that most people don't realize is an actual MMIW story. She was known by her people as Matoica, but she is commonly known to the world as Pocahontas. I'll pause for reaction. That's interesting. (laughs) You know, it's Um, crazy to me that such a well-known Disney story is based off of a really traumatic, I don't even know how to describe it, a traumatic, not even an experience. Just a tragic story. It's It's a tragic story of a young Indigenous girl, and she was probably the first... We don't know if she's the first, but she was just a well-known one that was downplayed as, oh, this romantic story. Oh, it's a Disney princess. And she did it for her people. And it's like, no, that's not the real story. Most people are familiar with Disney's version of Pocahontas. And it came out in 1995. (laughs) tells you how long it's been. I watched the movie and actually, you know, before I really understood what it meant to be indigenous, I actually enjoyed the movie as a kid because Just Around the River Bend is like my favorite song and Colors of the Wind is a bop. I'm sorry. You start a song with, you think I'm an ignorant savage and I'm all off. That's a song? That's a song? That's how Colors of the Wind start. You think I'm an ignorant savage. Well, actually, I don't want to get sued. So let me, that's all I'm saying. (laughs) I had no idea. I still really like the movie Pocahontas. But in 95, I was in fifth grade. So I don't think I ever watched Pocahontas. I never watched the Disney movie. I don't watch a lot of Disney movies. Have you seen it though? No, I've never watched it. You've never watched Pocahontas? No, never. What? Okay, awesome. I should have made you watch it. As We've a, been talking as a... about this for two weeks about recording this. <laughs> about and you never thought yeah. to say <laughs> I haven't seen it. I mean, I know the story. We're gonna take a brief pause so Ash can watch Colors of the Wind. Yeah, mm, I watched Bambi. I watched Cinderella. 
You just said you don't watch Disney movies. Which is it, Ash? I mean, I watch those <laughs> old ones, but I, yeah, I've never seen Pocahontas. Okay, well, listen, I grew up with two old, two old Indians, two old Cherokee <laughs> Indians raised me. We did not watch movies and we did not go to the movies. So... <laughs> Before we get into like the actual like history, history, we're going to talk a little bit about the animation. So uh, Maggie, I'm going to heavily rely on you on this part because Ash did not prepare. <laughs> Listen, I'll watch it. I might watch it. I might. And then I'll do a follow up. <laughs> okay. So if you remember the, the Disney version, for those of you out there and Maggie, for the life of me, I cannot understand why Pocahontas would turn down Cocoam. I know it's a, ca- a cartoon, but Cocoam was a babe in that cartoon. And it's like a beautiful man who's serious and who's, who can build us a house. I mean, like, I'd be all over that. Isn't that part of the problem, though, is they were like making the white man like part of the fantasy, you know? Ooh, like, yeah. They were like, yeah. what is it called? Whitewashing? Yeah, because what, what'd you say his name was? Cocolum? Yeah, like he was mm-hmm. tall, dark, hands had that long hair. And she went for John. Yeah. Smith. Like, that's a very basic name. <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> Yeah, I totally picked I'm sorry, Cocoon was a babe in that dis- in the Disney version. I'm like, yes, please. But did she have a choice? Her in the movie, her dad wanted her to marry Cocoon, and she was like, no, no, bro. You know, I'm not into well, it. Well, I guess part of the story they were trying to tell too is like a young adult's defiance to like whatever their parents want for them. You know, the animated version has pretty much like a young adult Pocahontas. Falling in love with John Smith, risking her life to save his. He leaves to go back to England and she does this like really dramatic wave on the mountaintop where like the wind's blowing her long black hair around and like leaves are circling around her. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really pretty, but I guess while this version is a, like a lovely version of Pocahontas' story with a really great soundtrack, it, it really is a far cry from what life was actually like for her. We laugh and we, you know, we're, we're teasing and stuff, but how do you combat for so long? That was most people's interpretation of her story. You know what I mean? It's all they know. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us the real story. What really happened? Well, what, what's what, crazy too is that you say like what most people knew but a lot of people still don't know her story so in reality john smith when he came into pocahontas's life she was only around she was only about nine or ten years old and he was 27 the two were actually never romantically involved and i had read in many sources that john smith was actually feared by many indigenous children in the area he was in and he was known to enter villages and hold various chiefs of tribes at gunpoint demanding food and supplies you know right there that just kind of puts the the nail in the coffin of that romanticized version she was a baby and he was 27 years old so he really was a true colonizer yeah but that's not portrayed in the film no the way he's portrayed in the animated version like he's just trying to kind of help bridge the gap in a way and she teaches them you know indians aren't savages and things like that it's just It's really blown way out of proportion compared to what actually happened. In the early 1600s, it was a really dangerous period of time for tribes in an area that was located to what is now the York River in Virginia. And that includes Pocahontas' tribe, the Powhatan. Because at the time, what I'm talking about, we're looking at colonization and the establishment of Jamestown. Now, the Powhatan tribe is 
typically described as an indigenous Algonquin people that are from the Eastern Virginia area. The history of this tribe is lengthy. And honestly, it's it's really fascinating. And I looked it up to see if the Powhatan tribe still exists because you don't really hear much about it. And obviously there's a lot of tribes we haven't heard about prior to doing this podcast. So I read from the National Park Service that there are 11 tribes recognized by the Commonwealth of Virginia and eight of them are Powhatan descended. I'd really like to do a really big deep dive on this tribe. You know, I'm only giving you the highlights because the history is just really, really extensive. I feel like I would be doing good service to try and just quickly summarize it, but there's just a lot to it. And this could be like a four-parter just going through the Powhatan tribe itself. But I think it's important to point out actually made up of like 30 different tribes during this time. And the Mattaponi is the main one that is attributed to Pocahontas' direct lineage. Pocahontas was born in either 1595 or 1596. Multiple sources say it's one or the other. And her father was the Paramount Chief or Chief Powhatan. Again, her name was Matoica, which means flower between two streams. And according to Mattaponi history was likely given to her because she was born between the two rivers of Mattaponi and the York River. Pocahontas was actually a nickname that meant playful one because she was known to have a very happy and curious nature about her. There is also a few sources that say she earned the nickname because her mother was named Pocahontas, but I only found one source that said that. So I'm not sure how accurate that is. So Pocahontas was her nickname. Yeah, because she just had a really fun, curious nature about her. Before we really deep dive into what happened to her, it's portrayed in the animated movie that Pocahontas saved John Smith from being clubbed to death by her father. And this was in 1607. And for the most part, it's widely reported that she did not risk her life to save his because during this time, she would have been only 10 or 11 years old, as opposed to in the Disney version. And In my research, some historians hypothesize that John Smith may have misinterpreted the ceremony and that the chief's true intent was to adopt him into the community and make him a sub-chief, all the while establishing authority over him. And then others think that John Smith fabricated the story. They say this because... He never mentioned that Pocahontas rescued him in his first few accounts of Virginia, and he instead waited until about 1624 after Pocahontas herself had already passed. What is his account in? Is it like something written? That's what I've read. Now, where it's located, I don't know. But there's a lot of historians that have really dug into Pocahontas' story, Mm -hmm. and multiple resources have stated that in his writings about his time in Virginia, he had never mentioned this. But I thought it was interesting that at the time when it was supposed to happen, Pocahontas was really only 10 or 11 years old. According to oral history, because a lot of of, uh, Pocahontas' history is from Mattaponi oral history that was passed down, and she was actually married to a young Indian warrior named Kokowum. So Kokum is real. And they married in 1610. And that would put her about 14 or 15 years old. What I did read was that she was considered a woman by tradition. She was old enough to be married. Back then, if a woman had her period, she was considered an age to be married. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also 
didn't see, uh, I, I didn't find anything that told me how old Cocoon was, but it just said young Indian warrior. So I can only assume that maybe they were around the same age, but she did have a baby at that time and they called him little Cocoon. Oh, Wero Wokomoko was essentially the established headquarters of Powhatan's chiefdom during this time. And when the first Eng- English, <sighs> sweet Jeremy Brown, hold on. <sighs> <laughs> oh my god okay. when the first english settlers arrived in 1607 it was noted that they had eventually begun to sexually assault and target indigenous women and young children there was a plan to kidnap pocahontas as she was the chief's only daughter and this plot is directly attributed to captain samuel argall and she was kidnapped around the time she was 15 or 16 years old. And it is said that Kokoam was actually murdered after she was taken and was killed by the men who kidnapped her. Now, there are various accounts here as well, but the general consensus was that she was tricked on a social visit and there was some kind of repertoire between, you know, Jamestown and the indigenous people around. It says that she was tricked on a social visit, taken against her will, and she was actually held in Jamestown as a prisoner to help the English in negotiations with the Powhatan. And during this time, she was allegedly raped and abused by her English captors. And keep in mind that this time she was 15 or 16 years old when this happened. What happened to her baby? From what I read, little Kokoam was taken care of by the women in the village. So, I mean, they took everything from her. And now, according to Dr. Linwood Costello, he's a historian of the Mataponi tribe and the custodian of the sacred oral history of Pocahontas. He stated that soon after being kidnapped, she was suffering from depression and was growing more fearful and withdrawn. Her extreme anxiety was so severe that her captors had allowed her oldest sister and her sister's husband to come to her aid. And I'm like, of course, she's going to have extreme anxiety. She's been kidnapped. Like, Yeah. And, di- and didn't they give her an English name? Yeah, I haven't got there yet. Oh, I'm sorry. You're jumping the gun. Sorry. <laughs> so... Now, when the oldest sister and the husband came to her aid, this was before they had actually set sail to England. When they arrived in Jamestown to uh, come to Pocahontas's aid, Pocahontas had confided in them that she had been raped. And Mattaponi's sacred oral history is very, very clear on this. Pocahontas was raped. In the midst of her captivity, the English colony of Jamestown was failing. Now, John Rolfe, described to be about 28 at this time, was under a 1616 deadline to either have Jamestown become profitable or they would lose the support of England. If you watched Pocahontas 2, it just sounds ridiculous. Yes. Maggie, have you seen the second one? I have, but I didn't like it. So I don't remember anything from it. I didn't like the second one either. The second one, Ash kind of followed her journey in England and her marriage to John Rolfe. Yeah, it like basically showed her like adjusting to the English life. It was called Pocahontas 2 Journey to a New World. Mm. Think about how whitewashed that is when you've got like all these accounts and this oral history and everyone. And they're saying like, no, she was literally again fantasized colonization. Like it was just this wonderful thing. They came and saved all the Indians and now they're civilized and flourishing in a new world. Well, that, you know, that's funny you said that, Ash, about civilized because multiple times throughout the story, they make it a point to call them savages, you know? Wow. The plot for Pocahontas 2 says, 
In this animated sequel, John Smith goes missing after soldiers try to capture him on charges of treason that were trumped up by the devious Governor Ratcliffe. Smith's longtime love, Native American princess Pocahontas, is devastated by the news. In the meantime, she must voyage to England as an ambassador. With her dashing guide, John Rolfe, Pocahontas enters a strange new world determined to prevent an unjust war against her people. I was rolling my eyes. This is, yeah, <laughs> me too. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, why hasn't you know, there been more like uproar about this? Like, why are people not more upset about it? It was the first Native American princess. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I, I feel like part of it, well, you can't really say it now, but when Pocahontas originally came out, it's like maybe people just didn't know any better. Maybe people really didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been out for so long that I don't know. I don't know why people don't care about it. But I mean, that w- that's a very whitewashed way to say that she was kidnapped. But I think I think Miko is still with her. Miko's her uh, her, her pet raccoon, her trusty uh, raccoon friend. Do what? She had a pet raccoon. Well, it wasn't like a pet raccoon, but it was like her. What would you call it, Maggie? It was just like her animal friend or it was her pet. He was a pet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it, it was a pet <laughs> raccoon. His name was Miko. This is in the movie. You've got to watch. You should have watched this movie in preparation. I mean, mean, I've watched, you know, like Cinderella and the candlestick can talk. So I know it's a cartoon. I understand. Oh, Miko doesn't talk. He's not a talking raccoon. Let's not be ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Go Miko. We're going on this boat with my friends. Okay. I do have a confession. What? I did have a pet raccoon when we were growing up. Shut up. No, you didn't. It wasn't like entirely tame, but my grandpa, (laughs) my grandpa was a logger and he cut down a tree one time and it had a nest of baby raccoons in it. And the mom died and he brought home two little baby raccoons and one of them my uncle took and the other my grandpa kept. And you could like feed it out of your hand, but it wasn't entirely domestic. <laughs> I I don't that's, know how to respond to this news. That's very Pocahontas of you. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it could happen. Did you name it? Did it have a name? You know, I can't remember, but I'll ask my grandma. Maggie, Maggie. I'll get back to you. <laughs> if it was Miko, I'm going to lose it. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Oh, okay. I have a picture somewhere. I'll find it. Okay, back on track. John Rolfe, um, as I had mentioned, was 28 at this time and was under the 1616 deadline for Jamestown to become profitable or the he'll lose the support of England. He was trying to learn tobacco curing techniques from the Powhatans. At the time, curing tobacco was a sacred practice and it wasn't to be shared outside of the tribe. And realizing the political strength of aligning himself with the tribe, he eventually married Pocahontas. Some historians claim Pocahontas and John Rolfe married for love, but it's not a certainty because Pocahontas was essentially never allowed to see her family, uh, little Coquam, or her father after being kidnapped. So to, to say that she married for love, um, that's kind of a... That sounds it's, it's like hard to Stockholm say. Syndrome. Yeah. Maybe he took care of her and she just needed some some support. I don't know. But when you isolate someone, you know, and you're like, I'm the only one that will love you, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? They are kind of forced yeah, into Well, that. and he dated her. When she was brought to England, she was brought to England as a political symbol and kind of a, a way to show peace between English settlers and indigenous groups, which is ironic considering that she was kidnapped. After 
the two were married, the Powhatan spiritual leaders and family to Pocahontas shared the curing practice, the, the tobacco curing practice with John Rolfe. And soon afterward, John Rolfe's tobacco was a sensation in England. It saved the colony of Jamestown, and it was a very profitable venture for him. Pocahontas would give, eventually give birth to another son named Thomas, and she would eventually convert to Christianity, and her name was changed to Rebecca, and she would be known as Rebecca Rolfe. Prior to her marriage to John Rolfe, the colonists pressed Pocahontas to become civilized, and often told her that her father did not love her because he had not come to rescue her. Wow. So that's some gaslighting right there. Definitely. In the spring of 1617, Pocahontas was actually set to finally return home. At the time, according to accounts by her eldest sister, she was perfectly healthy and in good condition to return. When I say set to return, I mean set sail. Around this time, she was uh, having dinner with John Rolfe and get this, Samuel Argall the man that plotted and carried out her kidnapping. She was having dinner with him, which is wild. But shortly after having dinner, she uh, began throwing up and she died. Most scholars put the blame on tuberculosis or smallpox or you know one of the many diseases out there. And I think I've heard that before, that it was a disease. But her sister, who actually accompanied Pocahontas overseas, uh, believed that she was poisoned. Sounds so, like it. When she died, she was 21. 21? Yep. Some sources say 21. Some say just under 21, but that's kind of the general age. But that's a lot of trauma in the short life that she's had. I mean, basically started when she was, what'd you say, 10 years old? What a traumatic life. So instead of being taken home and laid to rest, uh, John Rolfe and Samuel Argyle took her to Gravesend, England, where she was buried at St. George's Church in March of 1617. And when her father learned from the sister that Pocahontas had died, he was so heartbroken that he died from grief less than a year after she died. Wow. And now, according to Mattaponi Oral History, there was other Native people that were accompanying Pocahontas when she was overseas. And these people were sold as servants or carnival attractions or sent to Bermuda if they became pregnant after being raped and sold into slavery. These Women aren't even seen as people. Nope. Slavery and they were raped and discarded. It's just crazy to me how romanticized it is. And this story Mm -hmm. is just so tragic. It really is. And to know that she only, she was 21 when she died. You're barely an adult at 21. And, you know, even if she died of diseases and she wasn't murdered, her story alone, you know, is, I guess you can't really call it a murder, but it's just as bad. I will say the one positive that Disney did in uh, all of that was the voice of Pocahontas was a Native American woman. Yeah, Irene Bader. Yeah. yeah. I have a ton of resources I used for this story. A lot of accounts are conflicting, details differ, and so on. But what we can assert is that this story, whether you want to believe it as true or not, doesn't diminish what a strong indigenous woman Pocahontas was. She was a survivor and endured so much in the short life she lived. So when you think of Pocahontas, remember, she was an MMIW. Thank you for listening to We Are Resilient. For links to information found for this episode, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Are Resilient Podcast. Send us an email at weareresilientpod at gmail.com or visit us at www.war-podcast.com.